And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts we travel to understand the things the Lord requires of us and we learn to apply God's timeless truths to our lives. First, in our text in the book of Acts, it states that Moses was sent to be the Savior. Now, how is that possible? I thought Jesus was the Savior. It's super-duper easy. Moses was sent to save Israel from their bondage to Egypt, their oppression and their situation, and to be a leader who guided them to follow the Lord. And then he even prophesied about Jesus, the Savior, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15. We'll look at that. Plus, many signs and wonders were done. One starts to think, you know, when Moses was doing signs and wonders, you're thinking, what? I mean, somebody's coming along doing all these signs and wonders. You start to think about this pattern with God. Moses, Elijah, Elisha, Jesus, the apostles, and more. These signs and wonders have a purpose. First, they show the love of God. Second, they exhibit the love of God. And then third, they offer us a good glimpse of the love of God. And then they're used to lead people, including including you and me. They're used to confirm God's word, Genesis to Revelation. And finally, hold on to your yarmulkes. <laughs> See, that's a good line. Hold on to your yarmulkes. Moses acted as a mediator, but the difference between Moses and Jesus is simple. Moses was human, nothing divine. But Jesus was divine and human. And at the same time, Moses was a great leader, but Jesus is the only one that could fully represent man and God. He was a conduit of life-giving words, by the way. This is very close to 2 Peter 1.21. Men spoke from God as the Holy Spirit carried them along. That's what happened with Mo. But what was the purpose to, to give these words to Moses? The whole purpose was to pass it on to other people. Hint, hint. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. Comes to my 99-cent Chromebook. Why is it 99 cents now, Dave? Well, because it fell and then the cord broke. And if it's worth a dollar, I'd be surprised. But anyway, you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. You can also send a text, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. We're going to take that number and publish it all over the universe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as though I got the time. <laughs> That's funny. Anyhow, you can text us 214-210-8483. Of course, we're not going to publish it. You can also call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972 
972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. And I want to describe that feeling. That feeling of talking to Captain Chris is like when you hit your first home run in Little League and everybody cheers as you run the bases. And then you will be... I got to hang out with you more often, man. <laughs> you have all these great little blessings that go around with you. you call me more. That's what it's like. Yeah. Wow. That is just amazing. I mean, the nice thing you know is uh, talking to you would be like going to a time machine or something. It's like, wow. Uh, bottom line, maybe you have a thought, an opinion, a comment, or a question. We want you to be able to share that with us. It's not a kvetch fest. There's plenty to complain about and plenty of good places to share those frustrations. We don't, we're not opposed to that. It's just not what we're doing. Uh, so you understand. Our goal here is to encourage and strengthen one another, to be that little smile through the middle of the day as you look at the day and go, well, if you were Yiddish, you would go, oy vey. <laughs> so the idea is to like, yeah, okay, a little bit of yep, 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 here we go, here we go. So we want you to reach out to us. You might have a question. You might have a comment. You might have a prayer request. We want to join you in that. You might have a praise report. We want to connect with you in that as well. It's such a blessing for people to hear things like that. We also do this weird thing called Bible trivia. It's weird in the sense that it's fun, it's easy, but it's also purposeful, and the idea is to make sure that we have the Word of God in our minds in a unique way to connect to it. Here is your Bible trivia question. What great Old Testament warrior said, the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Who said that when he was facing an unusually large obstacle? Who said that? Ooh, ooh. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at he must org. What mighty warrior and also king faced an unusually large object and said, the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. I will give you a little hint in a little bit, okay? But think of it this way. Him and I have a very big connection. Okay? Okay, great. That's, there you go. Okay, there you go. Uh, okay, so we've got a lot to cover. <laughs> Eric got it on the third try. <laughs> See? See why our show is fun? See that? That's fun. All right, we're going to uh, uh, open up with a word of prayer for the United States and for Ukraine. Let's do that. We want to make sure that we're diligent in that. So let's do so. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you for everything. We lift up Ukraine to you and we ask you to bring peace to a war-torn area and that your grace can prevail, and that people can hear about the gospel, even in the midst of man's insanities, that you would pour out your truth, and there would even be the opportunity for revival to take place in a, in a situation like that. And we pray for our country right now, which is more divided than it's been in a long time. We pray that the righteous would stand firm and not acquiesce the truth. They would not yield. And we pray that you would stand by the righteous— 
and let the righteous rise and shine and the wicked fall to the wayside. We pray that you would redeem this nation and keep us together. Let your will be done, but we pray for your favor. We pray for your help in all of it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, so we got that rolling. We got that rolling. For those that are joining late, I got good news on my leg. Don't have to do any more therapy. Just got to be a good boy. But I don't have to go back to the doctor anymore for my leg until I do something dumber. (laughs) Which, you know, in my case, you just don't know. So we'll just leave it there. Uh, Let's get into the text. We talked about this text yesterday, so uh, let's do our um, most uh, important and diligent sound for our expository. Wow! (laughs) Wow! Wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! (laughs) Wow! Wow! All I can say is wow! Now, you know how expensive that was to do? (laughs) It took me at least... Three minutes to capture that sound. Five years ago. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Well, I still think it's funny. Uh, so for those, I know there's people out there that were praying about my leg. I mean, I'm telling you, she was like, yep, all right, you're all set. I'm like, all right, next appointment. She goes, there is no next appointment. I'm like, really? She goes, yeah. Now you already mentioned earlier that there's, I have a big lump of scar tissue. And I was trying to justify why it shouldn't be there. And she just, you know, reminded me that I had two surgeries. Two times the idiocy. <laughs> That's what that meant. All right, so we'll go a little long on this segment because I want to talk about this. We briefly talked about this before, uh, and this is Moses entering this situation with Stephen, and I don't want you to lose sight of what's going on because I want you to catch this one really cool thing. So we're picking it up where Moses and Stephen is telling the story about Moses, uh, and, and the guy just confronted When Moses stepped in early, the guy confronted him. He said, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And then Moses ran, and so he runs to the country, and he lives as a foreigner in the land of Midian where his two sons were born for 40 years later, 40 years later, in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. Moses saw it and wondered what it was. He went to see, and the voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses shook with terror and dared not look. Let me just say this about this text, because I don't want you to misunderstand what's going on. And I don't want you to misunderstand from this show's point of view, okay? After Moses went into something too early, God put him on the backside of a desert. That's what happened. You can say it didn't happen. It's exactly what happened. At 40 years old, he went looking. He went poking in to the situation and assumed that God was going to back him up then. He was wrong. 40 years later, God is now going to call him into what was in Moses' heart But he was just too early, something I contest for a lot of Christians. If you knew exactly what God was going to do, you would jump into it early, too. I'm just—it's just one of those things you just know is true. Here's the bottom line. He's on the backside of a desert for 40 years. He has two sons. He's got a whole nother life going, a whole nother existence. He's through with what he had in the past. He's now going forward. And yet the Lord appears to him and says, we got some unfinished business we have to take care of. And 
God speaks to him through a burning bush. It was a wonderful sign, and a voice comes out of the bush, and Moses notices the bush because the bush is not burning. When God gets involved and starts to speak to his people, and his people will be more observant, you will notice there are many miraculous things that take place. But I want you to catch what God said, because it's the same thing that goes throughout the entire New Testament. He spoke to Moses, and he said, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And everything we do, everything Israel is as a nation, everything the church is as a church, seems to always power back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob which is a reason why people should understand that all the things that we see now is yet still the fulfillment of the promises God made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. There's a reason that Abraham is declared in the very first verse of the New Testament. There's a reason that it all connects back. You see, we think God makes a promise, and it must take place in a certain time frame. And God says, no, I'm going to make this happen just my way. I'm going to do it differently. And when God spoke to Moses, he shook with terror, and he dared not look. And I know that some of you have had experiences where you've been in worship, or you've been in the Word, or you've been in prayer, and there's just this moment, and I can't define it either, so I'm not going to try theologically, but there's this moment of holiness, and you just know, oh, I'm filthy, I'm dirt, Uh uh-oh, I'm before the presence of him who is not dirty. And there is a a reverence that takes over your system. I don't think that's an accident. I think it's fully on purpose. God does that for the reason of you and I recognizing that in all this up and down stuff, and all the stuff we go through, and even though he lets us get away with a lot of stuff by you know little quips, when I, I probably do them more than anybody I know, there are times where when the Lord is speaking or the Lord is before you, the best thing in the world to do is to just not look up and say, yes, Lord. And don't say anything else. Because that shows a great deal of respect and honor. And certainly God is do that. Okay? All right. We'll take our break here. Oh, we got to do trivia, right? Okay. What do I do without Captain Chris? You guys missed his sound thing. You've missed it all. Uh, what fantastic young, soon-to-be king. Wow, what a guy. Had rocks on his side said this uh, as he faced a huge obstacle. The battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. King David, before he was king, David said that, said that to Goliath and to all of the Philistines. Okay, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. 
If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. The David Spoon Experience. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just being honest, right? Because I'll pull from—I'm I'm Jewish. I was trained well, and I, you pull from multiple directions. This was one of those things. So I kind of needed to recognize that sometimes I'm obnoxious, and I need to make up for it. And the whole point of me telling you this is— Sometimes you will do things that doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong, but because you didn't have the right spirit going on when it happened, you need to make up for it. Now, by that, I mean this. So Noel uh, found out uh, yesterday that she had to get up at 4.30 this morning because the president of, quote, unquote, the company was coming in because they were doing a remodel, and her section was one of the sections that are being remodeled. So she had to be at work at 6 in order to be there, okay? All right. So uh, now I'm already – I'm not in the doghouse or anything. I'm just you know, feeling like I, I could have done better. So you know what I did? And I'm telling you this for a reason. I got up at 5 in the morning, and I sat with her for about a half hour while she was getting ready, right? And I encouraged her because I knew she was really tired. And then she went to work, and I went back to bed (laughs) for at least an hour and a half until the dog said, that's enough out of you. Get up. You know, that was a whole separate thing. The reason that I bring it up is not because I did something brilliant. That's exactly not the case. In fact, the reason that I had to make it up is because I didn't do something brilliant. But it dawned on me that it is okay, or not okay, but it's probably right for you and I when we're in relationships and we do something that's a little far off, or maybe not as uh, authentically Christian as we generally need to be, that we're allowed to make up for it. And so what I was trying to do was communicate with her, I love you. I'm kind of sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, I'm totally sorry because I'm up at 5 a.m. that uh, I, I, I didn't – I wasn't, like, nicer about the whole thing. And so whatever happened by getting up at 5 in the morning last night went bye-bye. And my point in making that um, – sharing that with you is simply sometimes we can do things that is – a way to say I'm with you without doing a whole bunch, and that will just make some of the dumber things less painful or less dumb. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Well, here comes your next trivia question. We need to play the horn for this one. Got to play the horn. Did Elijah, J-A-H, Or Elisha, S-H-A, say to the widow, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Did Elijah or Elisha say, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Props to Joanne and Cordelia striking right away without hesitation. If you know, by the way, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. 
as well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. The great thing about this question is if you're wrong, then you know the right answer. You see? So if you call in and you say it's this and I go, ah, then you can just say the other answer and then you'll be right. <laughs> see? Isn't that great? It's fantastic. So, again, we'll ask the question. Don't be afraid. There's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes when you ask the question and then uh, you find out it's wrong, you remember it even better because, like, oh, yeah, I got that wrong. I ain't going to get that wrong again. Uh, did Elijah or Elijah say to a widow, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? I have some people are thinking, no, no, I like those easier questions. What does JC stand for? He looks like, I get it. But you know what? You got to learn. You got to grow. That's part of it. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Of course, this is the most important time of the show. <laughs> okay, well, I think it is. Anyway, here's the uh, joke uh, for just follow this. this is kind of oh, Wait, somebody's calling in. You guys are getting spared the joke. Who knows? You might even get spared the joke entirely. I don't know yet. We'll see, although they are pretty good from time to time. Uh, let's see if they're calling an answer trivia. Yes, yes, they are. Here we go. That's good. This is David. Who am I talking to? David, this is Larry Bell. Hi, Larry. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I had good news on my leg today, so I'm really doing really well that I don't have to go to any more therapy. So I'm real happy. Great. I'm glad. I hope you got great news about that. I did. I did. I'm really, really blessed by that. So I really, really am. All right. So this is a this is a either or question. So if you're wrong you, and I and I stutter, then you'll know I'm I'm telling you it's the other one. Okay? Did Elijah or Elisha say to the widow, "How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your home?" The Elisha S H A asked the widow the question. That is correct. Yes. You are correct, Amundo. That is correct. It was Elisha who asked that question. What do you have in your home? And this had to do with uh, the the widow who was at a a debt, if you remember her debt situation, and they would fill it up with oil. And that, see, that to me is another amazing testimony because God's like, I don't need to create something new. I'll take what you have and I'll multiply it. You watch me. That's right. That's right. He multiplied it, didn't he? Yes, sir. Exactly. Excellent job. Very, very good work. Okay. Well, thank you, Dan. I enjoy your program. I've listened to you every day while I'm at work here, and I just enjoy your program. Keep up the good work. All right. Thank you, brother. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So we're going to forego the joke because of our time. <laughs> That's right. I can do it. That's, I'm in charge. <laughs> so. I'm in charge. It's so funny. I'm in charge. I say that when I get home. It's like, I'm in charge. And then just Noel looks at me. I'm like, well, I'm in charge after you. Anyway, uh, here we go. Oh, just laugh. It's funny. Uh, This next line that God said, I want to say this, and we might take an extra minute depending on what the Holy Spirit does when I share this with you. Uh, Here it is. So we just heard God said, I'm the God of your ancestors, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Never forget that. God is fulfilling his promise to Abraham still. I mean, which is amazing, right? And then he says this, verse 33, uh, the Lord said to him, take off the sandals for you are standing on holy ground and you can be sure, listen to this, this is the take off your sandals standing on holy ground. Remember I was talking about that holy moment when everybody has them. I mean, it happens where you just, you're before the Lord and you're like, woo, 
right? But here's what I want you to hear. He's telling this to Moses, but I want you to recognize this is in Scripture for you. I have seen the misery of my people. I have heard their cries. So many of you are out there, and uh, and I'm just going to say that you it's hard. There's things that you're going through that are hard, and I'm not trying to minimize them. I'm not trying to reduce their, their uh, impact on your life. I'm not trying to say it's difficult. I mean, it, it, sometimes when I pray for people, you almost you you want to have this you know this resolution for them because you have a compassion for them. And I'm not just talking about big big things. There's some things that that just uh, drive people just batty. It's just like this dumb thing. It just never goes away. It's like gnawing and gnawing and gnawing. And uh, even in those situations, you you get to find out that thorns uh, in 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 your flesh are, are very difficult. But I want you to hear what God is saying, and I don't want you to miss the moment. And even for Moses, who's there before the Lord, and the Lord's powerful, and you know he, Moses knows it, and he's trembling, and he's before the Lord, and the first thing the Lord tells him is this, I have seen the misery of my people. Now, he could have said a thousand other things, folks. He could have said, I'm in charge. He could have said anything like that. But the first thing he communicates to Moses is, I've seen it. I can hear it. I'm aware of it. And some of us go through our Christian walk, and we think that God does love us, he, or he really, he does really love us, and he'll prove that uh, once we're in heaven, and we tend to quickly forget that God sees the misery and the pain right now. God is not unfamiliar with the difficulty you face. Now, that difficulty can be spiritual in nature. It can be financial in nature. It can be relationship-oriented in nature. That difficulty can be uh, from a, an emotional point of view, a psychological point of view, an occupational point of view. It could be a, a ministerial point of view. It could be deeply rooted in family. All of that, right? Here's what I want you to understand. And, and the backup on this is just, it's so lights out. It's incredible. God is telling Moses the first thing. I've seen your misery. I, I, I've seen their misery. I hear their cry. Here's the first message God is giving Moses that Moses needs to communicate to the great people of God, the people that God has chosen. I know what's going on. I know what you're going through. I know. Seven times in the New Testament, in the book of Revelation, where Jesus addresses the seven churches, he says seven times, I know. And a lot of us function like God doesn't know. We function a little bit more like the disciples. Oh, are you sleeping? Don't you care if we perish? It's more like that attitude. And you have to understand in the depth of your spirit, in the depth of your heart, God knows. Now, you might sit there and say, well, if he knows, he should do something about it. God knows when to do something, how to do something. That's your position of trust. But God knows what you're going through. He's not unaware of the pain. He's not unaware of the difficulty. He doesn't ignore you. He knows every nuance you're going through. I'm talking way beyond the human realm. Everything on the inside. 
Paul said on the outside were conflicts, on the inside were fears. That's what Paul said about himself. God knows every one of those moments. He knows what you're going through. He's not unaware. And his communication to Moses, this is to a people that have been in bondage for 400 years. They're oppressed. And you think, well, he should have done something about it sooner. Well, when you become God, you can determine what the timetables are, okay? As soon as you become God, you tell me, and then you can be in charge of all that stuff. Congratulations. In the meantime, there's this thing we talked about yesterday, this quiet trust. And now what the Lord is affirming to us is, hey, I know. I know what you're going through. I know it's hard. I know it, what those, that process is. I know you in and out. I hear you. And we need to take comfort in that. Okay? All right. We'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind destroying everyone and everything we find keeps the hungry giant. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Mail it to the station, just attention, David Spoon. He must increase ministry. I should have been saying that for like the last year, but I forgot. That's that Steve Martin line when he says, well, you haven't paid taxes in 10 years. He said, this is a joke here, dude. He'd go, well, I forgot. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, I should use that with my wife. You didn't take the garbage out. I forgot. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple. And there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com. 
and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're going to give you our next trivia question. Here is the question. you got to tell me who this is. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I haven't been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Who protested her innocence to Eli, the priest, with these words? Who said that to Eli? I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I haven't been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord who protest who, who was this who protested her innocence to, to Eli, the high priest, with those words. Okay, if you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So somebody's already ready to answer the trivia question? All right, before we do that, before we answer, let's send everybody to the website just really by saying, okay, money, 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 help, help, help. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemostincrease.org. Praise report? Hemostincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemostincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. Boy, does that sound kind of thin now. Thanks a lot, Chris. Oh, my goodness. All right, we do have somebody ready to answer the question, and here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's Samson. Hey, Samson. How are you? Hey, I'm very good. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Glad to hear that. All right. Good, good. Classic, classic question. I am a woman who's deeply troubled. Oh, turn your radio down there. And I haven't been drinking I'm wine sorry, or beer. That's okay. Crazy I, people. I was pouring <laughs> my soul to the Lord. Who protested her innocence to Eli with those words? I know that uh, Samuel's mom, I believe her name was Elishba. And in the English it is? Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm just kind of a little blank, blank, blank right bar- now, but bl- I know that in a Hebrew is a yes. Bl- bl- or- okay, think of this. What's the famous cartoon duo, Blank Barbera? But to be honest, it's not coming to my mind. Okay. I don't want to play. It's <laughs> Hannah! Oh, Hannah. Oh, right, okay, and okay. Hannah Barbera. That was a good hit, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, what's, yes. what's happening, brother? How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm thank God, uh, good. Just just a little, yeah, I just need God's uh, help and uh, encouraging tap. 
you got it. Let's pray over that. Let's just pray for sure. everybody to have that encouragement, okay? Father, yeah. we lift up Sam's studio. We just ask you to encourage him. Do not, Lord, do not let him focus on his circumstance. Please, Lord, let him focus on the goodness that's in your heart. You, we just talked about the fact that you know. You know. And he needs to recognize you are aware of what he's going through. You know his struggle. And you are able to help him and comfort him. And he can rely on you and on your faithfulness. He doesn't have to be afraid. He can be confident in your faithfulness. He just needs to seize that truth, not allow the circumstance to keep beating him down and discouraging him. You you rose from the grave, Jesus. There's nothing you can't do, including help him in his life situations. We pray for him and for everybody else to be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. amen and amen. Amen, brother. Love All you, right. Lord. Thank you, brother, and love you. All right. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So in the middle of this show, I already decided I was going a different direction towards this last segment. <laughs> I don't know. I just had this uh, thing I wanted to share with you guys. I want to talk about the parable of the mustard seed. So I don't think anybody's going to sit there and go, oh, no, I don't like mustard. I like ketchup. I think you'll get through it. Uh, here's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, verse 30. He said, then he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown in the ground is smaller than the seeds of the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. And many of us know this parable and we think, oh, yeah, yeah, parable of mustard seed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what people do, just so you can know, is they get totally into, well, the parable of the mustard seed, that's, you know, the mustard seed, and they start going off on this whole thing about the mustard seed and so on and so forth. So let's just break this down because the reason is, is because I want you to understand that what I was just teaching on about God being with you and God knowing your circumstance and knowing your situation and feeling your pain with you is important. But it's so important it's not just to be understood intellectually, but you must seize this by faith. And so I'm going to ask you to use mustard seed faith to be aware that God is with you and he knows what's going on. So follow follow along with me just for a few minutes, okay? It says, Till what, shall, what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? That should be a good key for you and I to understand that parables are pictures. Okay? That's not, not, that's not hard, right? Okay? What parable shall we picture it? What's the, what are we going to use to put this picture together? It's a, it's a mustard seed, okay? It's small right? That's small. Then it gets planted, right? And then it grows up and it becomes what? Bigger. Okay. Now watch this. Now I want you, I know it sounds dumb, but you just watch. Small, it grows up, it becomes bigger, right? Are you with me? Right? It becomes so big that it's even able to help the birds in the story. So there's three, things, four things you got to catch out of this simplistic parable that requires faith, and that is this: the seed it starts it's small. When it's done growing, it's big, and your faith 
in God and in the kingdom of God and in God's activity might be small right now. But it's got to get bigger. And the way that happens, you're going to hate this, it has to grow up. Oh, that's so mean, isn't it? That's so mean. Listen to what Jesus said. It's classic. It's like a mustard seed when it's sown in the ground, smaller than the seeds on the earth. But when it's sown, it grows up. And when it grows up, it becomes greater than all the other herbs. In other words, it starts off small. And your faith in a project, your faith in a situation, your faith in a circumstance could be small. But eventually your faith has to grow up. That's the parable of the mustard seed. And when it grows up, it becomes large. It becomes, instead of this small little thing, it becomes this huge big thing. And what's the impact of that huge big thing where that faith grows up? Birds can take advantage of it. Listen to this. The faith becomes so big, the seed becomes so big that others are blessed by it. Yeah, the, originally the birds would have tried to eat the seed. <laughs> That's the funniest part about the story. Your faith might be small, but your faith can and should grow up. We talked yesterday all about this sharing this experience and the thing that I share with you, and I tried to do it kind of carefully. I was talking to Noel about it, and it's like, look, the faith is not always in the place it needs to be. It's small, but the kingdom of God and the way that God operates is he'll help your faith grow, and that greater faith will produce greater fruit, so much fruit that others will be benefited by it. So if your faith is really, really small, do not despair. There's growing up to be done, and God will help you grow up. That's part of the kingdom of God, and it will be so big it will bless others as well as yourself. Don't be discouraged if your faith is small. Ask God to help you raise it up. That's what you do, okay? All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? The word gospel means good news. Now, that's fun. That's funny in the sense that when people think of God, they always think of judgment and wrath. But the fact of the matter is God even creating us gives us a sense of understanding that there is a commitment, a love, a connection to us. And that is, get ready, good. That's a good thing. So if you take a look around— Right? Just take a little look around. If you watch television, listen to the radio, like us, search the internet, get on Facebook, read magazines. The one thing that you're going to notice that there is very little gospel or good news in the world. You want to know why? One, good news doesn't sell. So let's just be honest, right? If you've been in media for any length of time, you know if it bleeds, it leads. That's the mindset, and it has to do with money. It has to do with power. So that, that power, that money, that influence, which actually has a demonic origin, but that all is connected towards not good news because not good news means that you'll be paying attention because there's so much going on. In fact, there's a fear 
a terror, an anxiety, a doubt, even a doom that's within the world. And here's the kicker. If you are personally experiencing these diseases in your life, it's likely that you and I are allowing foul influences of the world to affect us. But Jesus brought a different slant on life. In John 14, 27, he said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Well, why not as the world gives? Because everything the world gives is a lie. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. When we live our lives more freely from trouble, it means that we're walking more closely with the king of kings. He wants us to be free from fear and trouble in the worldly sense. So we, the question is, how is our heart doing? How are we doing on the inside? Are we free or are we in bondages? Because remember, Jesus did come to set the captives free. Right In Psalm 112, verse 7, King David writes, He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. We need to be free from troubled and fearful hearts. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Who said this? Who asked his friends, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Who asked that? Why? Are you so afraid? Do you still have do you still have no faith? Who asked that? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, David at he must increase.org. This is kind of amazing because as the spirit seems to be redirecting things a little. I mean, it's not like I have, Lord, do this. No. Okay. So uh, <laughs> how it goes is it does seem like there's this faith emphasis, like this, uh, I don't know, this uh, attitude of consistency of faith, uh, which is funny because this last section is going to uh, breathe right into that. Might be a nice way to say it. But again, here's the trivia question. Let's see if you guys can get it. Who said this, friends? Why are you so afraid do you still have no faith. Okay, that's the, uh, that's, we're asking who said that. 972-445-0770. 214-210-8483 if you're going to text, and then david at he must increase.org. It is amazing that if you understand faith and fear, you really get a much better handle on uh, how people operate. So some people, sometimes you've seen those shirts where it says faith is greater than fear, and there's different shirts like that. And a lot of people have that formula, faith, and then has the greater sign than fear. And the reason is because fear is a form of faith going in the wrong direction. <laughs> it's like, what? Let me Let me just define it in maybe easier terms. When you're afraid of something, it hasn't happened yet. It's what you're anticipating what will happen. Okay, so that's a, you go to the doctor and you have a test and you don't know what the results are. 
what are you afraid of? The results, okay? You're waiting to hear what happens. Or you go into a situation, you're waiting to see what happens, right? You go into a relationship, you go on a second date, you're waiting to see what happens. You see what I'm saying? That's a, that's a fear-based life. You're anticipating that something's going to happen, but it ain't going to be all that sweet and swell. So you're kind of thinking ahead of time, yikes, uh, this is going to not go great. Faith is in that exact same situation, but has a different anticipation. That's just a great way to say it. Faith says, uh, I don't know what the results are, but I'm not afraid because God is with me and he's going to make it right. Faith is, I don't know, you know what this situation is going to produce, but God always works it out for good, so I don't have to be afraid of it, so I'll walk in it with peace. The, the, you, the second date person is, I don't know if this date is going to work out great or not, but if this person's supposed to be in my life, that'll pan out. It's almost like it's a kind of, you think, well, that's like a different mindset. Okay, but genuine faith is putting that, Great result in the hands of God, not in the hands of fate or not in the hands of whatever, okay? It's believing that every one of those circumstances, God has an actual purpose and plan, and and he's going to get accomplished his desire in it and by entrusting it into him and not trying to do it for him, the best possible result will come forward for the benefit of the kingdom of God and for the people involved. That's a different mindset than, ooh, you know, it's like I'm so free. And so Jesus, when he talks, he 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 makes it clear. Uh, yeah, I kind of gave away that one there. But uh, the whole premise there is that in his speaking, he's trying to separate fear and faith. Okay? All right. So I gave away the trivia question. So there's no point in people freaking out about it. It was Jesus who said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? But the point in that is that he's he's using those and he's separating them. He's splitting them in all of our lives. He's saying, look, why are you afraid? Why don't you have faith? And that's the, that's the split. That's the line. And the situation you're going to encounter or the situation that you have to deal with, why are you afraid of it? Don't you have – you could say it this way. It's kind of mean to say it this way, but you could, you could say that Jesus is saying – don't you have confidence in me? Now, that's kind of a mean way to do it, but it's not an incorrect way to do it. It's just think of that in those terms. Like, look, I know what you're feeling. You think, well, what are you trying to say? We should operate in this sense where we just fully trust the Lord? Yeah, only if we were good Christians. Yes, that's what I would say. Because this, this, the truth of the matter is if we genuinely believe, if we genuinely believe the Scripture and that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose, and that God genuinely loves us and that he genuinely has a purpose for our lives, and even though we don't know the plan, he knows the plan, we can be confident in him and all of those things because he stands by us. He's demonstrated that by having Jesus Christ die for us because of all of that. We don't have to embrace the things in life in a terror or a fear. And I'm going to say something that's going to be so controversial. People are just, I, I, love you anyway. Okay, You know all these people that are going ballistic about all these different causes? 
Do you know why they're going ballistic? I'm just going to tell you right now. Because they have nothing. A 95-year-old person who's screaming about abortion is not concerned about getting an abortion for themselves. They have nothing. They need a purpose. That's what it is. You can say all you want. That's what it is. And our purpose is kingdom building. And their purpose is often anything but kingdom building. And the people are freaking out with this. Like, what should be this? I've never seen more 60 and 70-year-olds lose their minds over things that have nothing to do with them whatsoever. That's because it's a cause. It's a purpose. You want to be attached to something bigger than yourself? I got an idea. How about to the dude who created the universe, gave life to all living beings, set up a situation for us to be in fellowship with him. We rebelled against that. He provided a secondary system, so to, so to speak. I got to be careful saying that. He provided an a, a, a alternate route for us to take because we so often choose the wrong route. In that second route, we find life, redemption, freedom, grace, peace, and all of these things. And that's the level to whom we're dealing with. That's our cause. That's our purpose. And everybody's all like, well, it should be this. It should be this. If you weren't born in America, would you still be a Christian? Because if the answer is no, then you're probably not a Christian now. Uh-oh. It's like, that's ridiculous. The whole thing is so absurd at this point. And, and I've... You've never seen more narcissism than in the news. It's the most amazing thing. Everybody reports on everybody, reporting on everything, reporting on everybody. It's like, what is wrong with you people? You know why Jesus wouldn't be involved in this? Because it's all stupid. That's why. No, this we're fighting for this. We're fighting for this. The world is going to end. Choose a side. Okay, And the side you choose, not Republican or, or Democrat. It's God's side or not God's side. Now, I'm a firm, firm, firm biblical believer. I mean, as firm as you can get. Abortion is a sin in almost any situation you can come up with. I, I, anybody, Anything that has life, that has blood, and it's spilled. Well, it's 21 days after a baby has blood. There's nothing anybody can say. No biology can undo that. Can't change it. Innocent spilled blood is the big sin that God calls upon people to be to be answered. No question. But I'm not sure that's why everybody's flipping out. I think everybody's flipping out because they got nothing. Hey, there's a kingdom. There's an eternity. And the one thing I will say is... Make sure if you're focusing on a political issue that you're doing it in subjection to the kingdom of God, not as a replacement to the kingdom of God. Try that. That would be the way to approach it. And I got no problem with people who advocate for that or you know, advocate for anything that's true and righteous. I have no problem with that. But keep in mind that the freak out is just it's way it's way beyond. And you got to just look at that and go, no, I'm going to be a person of faith and of peace and of confidence. I'm going to trust that God has a plan and a purpose. And while things, even if the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the sea, my hope comes from the Lord. And I'm not going to let the destruction of earth or the destruction of a government or the destruction of anything that's a system of man, I'm not going to let that be my terrible end. My vision should be, and this is what we shall be saying, is to seek 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and let everything else come behind it. And it's like that's the stand we take. And I'm not trying to belittle anything. I'm trying to exalt one. That's the only thing. And I came up with this line. I know this is people like this. You know what? You're gonna hate this, right? Other people matter. That should be a good, that should be a great slogan. But Jesus matters. <laughs> so in a sense, one person matters and what you do with that person. Everything else, eh. That's cool. Drive a red car, it's cool. Whatever. But only one person matters. And when you die, you will stand before that person. That matters. I can tell you that. That's important. Let your faith in with the Lord and in the Lord overwhelm your fear. And don't get caught up in a frenzy. Be committed and involved in the furthering of the kingdom of God. Because everything else will fall away. Okay? All right. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-hour and 27-minute break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.